Intentionally Grounded. I'm your host, Brian Willie, along with my co-host, John Kessel. Episode 60 features author of The Lens and Hidden Talent, Travis Doherty. In this episode, we discuss the power and role of parents in developing well-rounded, championship-level children, while also discussing the role of the coach in developing championship-level parents. We also discuss topics such as handling criticism, entitlement, taking risks, and instant gratification. This season, Intentionally Grounded is partnering with First Down Playbook. For coaches looking for a playbook software that is user-friendly and can deliver the clarity necessary to share and communicate your scheme with coaches and players alike, check out First Down Playbook. For more information, check out their website at firstdownplaybook.com and for our listeners of our show, enter the code IGFB20 when purchasing individual or program memberships to receive a discount at checkout. Again, that code is IGFB20. Don't forget to check out our website at igfootballcoach.com for all our blog posts and podcast episodes. And check out our newly released YouTube channel that houses the video cast version of our podcast episodes as well, along with additional content related to leadership, football, and coaching development. Episode 10 of Season 3 of Intentionally Grounded with Travis Doherty starts now. Okay, we're here with Travis Doherty here as our guest for this week's episode. Mr. Doherty, please introduce yourself to our audience. Hi, my name's Travis Doherty. I'm a coach, teacher, author, and speaker. I've uh, spent most of my professional life as the high school basketball coach in Indiana, which, um, as you guys may know, is sort of the, the heart of basketball in, in America. Um, decided to step away from coaching a couple years ago as my kids were getting older, and you know I faced the challenge, I guess, that many coaches face trying to balance you know, running a program with raising a family of my own. Um, so I've been, I've been a coach without a team here for a couple of years, but it has given me a chance to spend more time doing some writing and speaking. Uh, I've written a couple of books here in the last couple of years. The first was released in 2017. That book's titled The Lens, Raising a Champion Athlete and Man in Today's Myopic World. Basically a game plan for sport parenting. Um, a second book was released in the summer of 2019. That book's called Hidden Talent, Uncovering What Really Makes a Champion a Champion. Um, that's a book really about, you know, the qualities possessed by those we consider champions in any area of life. You know, qualities that each of us are capable of recognizing and developing and using to separate ourselves in sports and in life. Um, Writing and, and talking about my writing has been a primary focus of mine the last couple of years, and obviously I'm thrilled to be here with you guys tonight. Travis, touching on your books a little bit, uh, you talk about the hidden talent characteristics that define a champion. What are those characteristics, and what led you to settle on those defining characteristics? Yeah, you know, as a, as a player and as a coach, um, I, I've always been – interested in winning as I'm sure you guys are and probably as your listeners are too and the more I studied winners in any area of life you know the more I started to see some common characteristics that those people had in common and in researching I think uh, you know a common mistake that people make is thinking that champions are who they are because they win Um, but I think you know, one conclusion I've come to, I would argue that just the opposite is true. I'd say 
champions win because of who they are. You know, you guys might be familiar with the famous quote by Bill Walsh, Hall of Fame coach of the 49ers, who said, champions behave like champions before they're champions. And I think that's so true, you know. So a lot of my work is really centered on that principle that if you want to win, then you've got to become a winner. You've got to do what winners do. And, you know, when you dig in to the lives and experiences of people we consider champions in any area of life, I think you find that they share some common behaviors. So that's really been a focus of the book. Those are what I call the, the hidden talent of a champion. And those include loving the game and giving their best, uh, overcoming adversity, seeking improvement, getting coached, being a teammate, taking risks, and choosing a positive attitude. I think, you know, if you look at the best of the best, um, you could probably check all, if not, if not all, at least most of those categories uh, for champions that you find anywhere in life. Now, Travis, when, you know, one of the concepts you've emphasized for parents and athletes is to embrace the struggles in life. However, we all know that it's human nature to want to skip over some of the struggles and to avoid them whenever possible. So how does our societal emphasis on instant gratification play into this issue and what has it done to the development of kids specifically when it comes to athletics? I think that, I think the challenge of instant gratification that we've created in our culture has made raising champions harder than it's ever been. You know, it's, I think it's created sort of a, a naive or effortless picture of success in the minds of parents and children. And, um, you know, it's created this sense parents have increasingly tried to clear the path for their child. You know, I think a lot of times parents make decisions like that with good intentions. They, they do it out of love. But, you know, if you think about the major successes that I'm sure that you guys have had in life, the major successes I've had, and I think most people would agree, um, they have almost always included overcoming some adversity or dealing with some challenges. And when you step back and look at, you know, what does it take to help our kids become their best? I think it's obvious to all of us that developing that ability is a, a crucial part of our children's success. And it's a crucial part of the role that we play in helping our kids reach their full potential. You know, so the question then is, how do we do that? You know, how do we, how do we help our kids develop their ability to overcome adversity? And I think sort of the, the key, a number one answer is that we allow our kids to, to face some challenges, you know, to deal with some adversity and to experience some struggle. Um, when it, when it comes to developing toughness, I love to use the analogy of working with our hands. You know, I'm sure you guys have probably shaken hands at some point with someone who had those real strong calluses on their hands, almost like sandpaper. So, you know, I always ask, like, how, how did people who have those calluses develop that toughness? You know, they developed it by exposing their hands to some challenging work. You know, whether it's who knows, raking leaves or lifting weights or swinging a baseball bat, you know, that the friction of that hard work initially creates pain. You know, we, we blister and we bleed when we're exposed to that friction. But 
what happens to our hands as they heal, you know, they become stronger and more resilient and more prepared for the friction we face in the future, you know, and I think, you know, just like the only way our hands can get tougher is to expose them to some difficult experiences. I think you could say the same is true for, for us or for our kids or for anyone, you know, is that we get tough by doing tough things. And as parents, you know, sometimes we worry that the, the challenges or adversity are going are gonna to define our kids, that, that it's going to wound them. But in reality, if we, if we use it right, you know, the challenges and adversity can actually refine our kids into the best version of, them, of themselves. And it can, it can give them something, this ability to overcome adversity, this resilience that they desperately need. One of the things that I know Travis and Brian and I have talked a lot about the last month and, and a lot of our colleagues have talked with us about is what are some strategies and tips you'd give parents? Uh, we all know what it's like to coach, um, you know, every level of kids and, and every skill level at, at high school level and, and younger. But what does it look like dealing uh, with the parents to help frame athletics in the proper mindset and use those athletics maybe as a medium for some transformational experiences? Yeah, what a great question. I mean, that, you know, using – using athletics as a medium for transformational experience that really I think at at the heart of it should be what sports is all about but that's really hard sometimes you know I, I'm sure you guys maybe are familiar with Joe Ehrman's book Inside Out Coaching he talks about the difference between you know transformational coaching and transactional coaching and you know I, I know that as as a coach and and as a parent uh, I want this to be my, my kids' experience in sports to be a transformational experience. I want it to to change who they are, you know, to to prepare them for a winning life, even when the game is done. And uh, I think a couple of strategies or tips that I would give to parents. Number one would be to to begin with the end in mind. You know, to think about who do you want your child to be when their experience in sports is done when they when they leave your house and venture out into adulthood you know what qualities do you want them to possess um, we talked already about the list of what i call hidden talent you know each and every one of us are, are capable of developing those skills of developing our passion or our toughness or our effort or our courage or our attitude um, those are so critical to becoming a champion um, and they're critical to our kids becoming champions too. Of course, no one wants their young athlete to be, you know, weak-minded or lazy or scared. But it's important to recognize that, you know, you can't you can't give your child toughness or resilience or courage as some sort of one-time gift. You know, there's a process that's required to develop each of those characteristics. They can only be developed through a long, slow, you know, sometimes painful process. And for a parent, that process includes, you know, a daily commitment to, to teaching and challenging and supporting and encouraging and holding our kids accountable. And for our kids, that's a, 
you know, that's a process that includes trying and failing and learning, growing and struggling and improving and then eventually succeeding. Um, I think it's important for parents to recognize the reality of that process, the reality of what it takes to help your child become their best, not just physically, but more important, you know, in these areas mentally that are so important to their success, not just as an athlete, but in their life beyond sports. Um, and then when you view the, the experience through that lens, then, you know, each event or experience your child goes through becomes an opportunity to use whatever happened today to help them get better. You know, so I think beginning with the end in mind is, is a great starting point. And then second, I guess, tip or strategy would be for parents to decide beforehand who it is that you want to be and what you want to value, you know, before you get yourself into the competitive emotional environment that sports provide. You know, there are, there are a lot of really good people in the world who show up at a sporting event, sort of get lost in the moment, and then, you know, suddenly out comes their inner idiot. And <laughs> I think sometimes when, when you're intentional about deciding beforehand, you know, here's who I want to be. And here's what I want to make important in this experience. Before I ever get to that environment, then, you know, it creates a little more purpose for why you're there and what you're working towards. So I think that's the other, um, you know, the other suggestion, the other piece of advice that I've really tried to accept for myself that's made the sports parenting experience a lot more meaningful. Kind of going along with that a little bit now, focusing more on the athlete standpoint, you know, being a great teammate seems to be a skill that has gotten lost in the competitive culture and environment of youth and high school and collegiate and even professional athletics. How can parents and yeah. coaches develop children who are good teammates and what are some of the things they should emphasize along the way toward that development? Yeah, that's a, that's such a great question and such a huge challenge for, um, for, for parents today, because, you know, so much of our, so much of our culture in general, and, and I think has probably bled itself into our sports culture, all the way down to, you know, the level at which our kids play is the sort of the look at me, the selfish, the, the um, individually driven mindset. And, you know, I would only say that as a parent, I believe that what, what you choose to emphasize is what your child will learn to value. You know, if, if all you care about is your kid's performance, then you'll probably encourage a similar pers perspective from your son or daughter. Um, you know, of course, we're going to focus in more on our own child's performance, and we're probably going to care more about them than we do anyone else on the team, but it's so important to support everyone. You know, as a parent, it's important for us to cheer for, for every kid, to compliment the other kids, and to make sure our child knows the important role that his or her teammates play in their success. Um, you know, when, when, you, when you see your child do what a great teammate does, 
it's important to make sure they know how important that is. Um, if, if how they treat their teammates gets as much attention from you as how many points they scored or how many rebounds they got or how many tackles they recorded, you know, then um, it changes their perspective. If, if they know you're watching those interactions and that they're going to be, you know, celebrated for doing it well or they're going to hear about it for doing it poorly, then as they grow and develop, they'll probably be more intentional about being a teammate that they think you as their parent will be proud of. Kind of to follow up, when do you, I mean, do you address this in programs in the preseason? Do you say, you know, this is what a positive parenting looks like in our program? Or do you, hey, this, do you give examples? Do you address it, you know, as a continue, kind of on a continuum throughout the year? Or, or when do you really sit down and say, guys, this is what good parenting looks like for an athlete in our program, and this is what a good teammate looks like, and, and kind of so on and so forth? Yeah, I think, you know, I think um, that communication piece is so important. It can be really hard for a coach to feel, you know, confident and equipped to, um, to step into that communication um, line with parents. You know, I, I, I think especially back to like my early years as a coach, um, you know, I think a, a lot of a lot of my shortcomings dealt with um, my lack of communication and whether that was, you know, I had some parents who, who I didn't think had our program's best interest at heart. Maybe I think in some ways it was my own insecurity as a coach that maybe kept me from doing that. But what I do know is, you know, as the famous writer and speaker, John Gordon says, um, where there's a void in communication, negativity will fill it. And, you know, these days, because parents are so involved in the experience these days, I think coaches have to accept that they have a responsibility to help coach their parents. They're, they're responsible for trying to educate, you know, on here's what, here's what the most productive, most supportive role from you, the, the parent, looks like. Now, of course, every parent has decisions to make themselves. And I'm not sure that, you know, every parent is going to fall in line to doing the work you've asked them to do. But I do think as a coach, the more consistently you can communicate, you know, not necessarily here are the, here are the rules you must follow or here are the things you cannot do. But, you know, especially in the context of here's how you can help your child become their best and in turn, help them help our program become its best. You know, the more of that communication that exists from a parent to a player, of course, but I think in our culture today, these days, probably more than ever, from a coach to the player's parents, too, helps clarify the expectation, helps educate them. You know, a lot of parents want to do a good job, but there are a lot of parents who, who are – doing the best they can, but sort of flying blindly as sports parents, because again, you know, they, they haven't necessarily um, began with the end in mind. They haven't necessarily decided before they get into that competitive emotional environment, who they want to be. And so, 
you know, a lot of times they're, they're doing the best they can to support their child or protect their child or show their child that they love them and maybe don't recognize that there's a better, more productive way to do those things that not only helps their individual child, but helps the team and program as well. Doing anything impactful inherently involves a certain amount of risk, whether it be as a leader, a coach, or a parent. Typically, it is through these risk-taking experiences and the failures that accompany it that we experience the greatest amount of growth. How can we develop a risk-taking mindset in our athletes while maintaining their mental and physical safety and promoting positive growth in all areas of their life? Yeah, man, I, I love, you know, of, of all the of all the skills and abilities on that hidden talent list, I think the ability to take risks is one of those real separators when it comes to what makes a champion a champion. Um, I think, you know, for, for parents and coaches, the biggest, most important thing is that we've got to be allowed, we, we've got to allow our children to fail. You know, it's so countercultural to promote the idea of failure. You know, so many of us are worried about being defined by our failure or, you know, having our failures plastered all over for everyone to see. Um, but, but, you know, the reality is really cheating at anything in life is a huge risk, you know, going all in, um, pushing all your chips to the middle of the table, giving everything that you've got that's really hard to do because, you know, if you do all that and come up short, that means you've got to face the reality that, you know, you weren't good enough. <laughs> it's, it's safer, I think, for many of us, our kids included, to sort of hold back and hang on to some of those excuses. You know, I didn't go all in. Um, that way, there's some cushion from the fall of failure you know. Um, but I think our job as parents and as coaches is to help clarify for our kids that anything less than our best, regardless of the outcome, creates, you know, this unhealthy sense of regret in us. And, you know, maybe one of the most important concepts for us to teach our kids is that, man, regret stinks. I, th I think it's about helping them see that, you know, while I guess I'd say losing is binary, how we lose isn't necessarily binary. You know, there are a lot of ways to lose. And there are ways to lose that we can be proud of, and there are ways to lose that we'll regret. And, and, not, have to, and not have to live with um, knowing there was more for them to give. You know, the the wouldas and couldas and shouldas of life are hard to endure. And the sooner we can help our kids realize that, the sooner we can help them understand the value of really, truly competing, of going all in in our attempt to win, um, I think the healthier they'll be now, and especially as they look back on their experience, the more, more pride they'll feel and the less regret they'll experience. Kind of building off everything you just said, what are some of the ways that you coach the parents then to pair and teach their children about how to handle criticism? Yeah, that's, um, you know, criticism, I think, is 
as big a part of the of an athlete's experience today as it's ever been you know with the with the way social media has has allowed information to spread and and um you know the way our kids i think feel threatened by the the role that that news and information travels now uh criticism is hard i mean for, first of all nobody likes to be criticized i don't like it and i'm sure you guys don't like it nobody likes it i will say at the same time i think we've probably recently here in our culture maybe lowered our standard for what we consider to be criticism our children's perspective will probably be closely aligned with our perspective um you know i, I think like getting coach for inch for instance, is really probably more a reflection of an individual's desire to get better. You know, personally, I, I don't want to be easily offended. You know, I think that's, I think that's a sign of, of real mental toughness, that it takes a lot to offend me. And I want to be the kind of person who can take in information, even information I don't necessarily like, and use it to get better, you know? And of course, that's the kind of athlete and person that I want my kids to become too. So I think that's a big part of it, redefining what criticism is and then developing uh, a healthier perspective on using information where you can, and then maybe developing the toughness to, to let go of what you can't. In addition to that, entitlement has also become a popular phrase when describing today's athletes, and, and many people see that as a huge issue as well. So what are some of the ways parents and coaches can prevent this development of entitled athletes? And if they're unable to do that, what are some of the ways to effectively manage those type of entitled kids? Yeah, entitlement has become, has become a, a major issue. Um, you know, I think some of the things that we talked about already help prevent entitlement from helping. I think allowing kids to struggle, you know, holding them accountable to the kind of teammate they are, um, understanding the role that others play in their success, um, encouraging a sense of humility, you know, in their ability to um, accept criticism or um, get coached, you know. I think all those choices we make as parents help diminish a sense of entitlement in our kids. You know, if kids are already entitled, then I think, you know, the challenge is understanding the reality of what, you know, as you said earlier, transformation really looks like. You know, we talked already about the long, slow, sometimes painful process that developing our kids in any important area of life requires. And that's, that's for building positive behavior. You know, if you're, if you're talking about deconstructing some negative behavior like entitlement and then building something better in its place, I mean, be ready to embrace the long haul because that's what it's going to take. You know, I'd say if you're in that position, my, my, encouragement to you would simply be to stay in the fight you know there will be ups and downs for your child as they as they uncover you know some of this negative behavior and work to correct it there will be steps forward 
and then sometimes multiple steps back. But if it's important to you, you know, as a parent or a coach, and you see that it's important to helping your kids become their best, then it's worth the work. It's a lot of work, but it's worth the work. So just keep teaching, you know, keep supporting, keep holding them accountable, keep encouraging them. Uh, you know, I'm reminded of the quote by the, by the writer and speaker, Jim Rohn, who said, you know, you can't change your destination overnight, but you can change your direction overnight. And I think to expect that an entitled kid is going to change their destination, you know, with station is, is silly on our part. But if we're daily work, um, I, I do believe sports provide a transformational opportunity that, that it can teach kids how to change, you know, how to grow, how to improve, and how to become the best version of themselves. So.